Get into Geek, this is Get Into Movies. We are doing a trailer review uh, today on Transformers The Last Nights. I went to call it Transformers 5, went to call it Age of Extinction. Basically, that just sums up the mess that this whole tr- franchise has become. Uh, let's introduce you so you know who I'm talking to. This is High Pitch Maddie. Hello. And uh, this, when I said this, this is I'm talking about me. Mitch, uh, yeah, we are doing a, a trailer review on, uh, I guess they're calling it a teaser trailer. It's like the Guardians that we did the other day. It's it's a full length trailer but I guess still story wise we don't like Guardians get much in the way of what's going on you know we get mm. Optimus Prime has disappeared we which we knew from the end of the last one yes yeah and then the the, the giant thing which has been rumoured to be Unicron um, seemingly going to engulf the moon mm. other than that hasn't it's, the moon suffered enough it has like, I mean it was on, in the title of the third film <laughs> which for the most part was awful um, I did like the end of it I feel um, like yeah the, the films are progressively getting worse yeah so I'm hoping with the title this being the last night can this be just be the last film <laughs> oh man this is can the, it be the last film I was reading an interview with Josh Dumal who does come back he, he wasn't around for round four but he's back uh, as Captain Lennox that was the um, one positive thing I could pull from this trailer okay Look, full disclosure, <laughs> Maddie and uh, myself, all the Get Into Geek uh, guys, we're all on a, a, a shared um, uh, Facebook Messenger chat, and uh, we were talking about the trailer. And you you pulled out the the Josh Dumal reference. I'm like, is he taking the piss? Because I actually got really excited when I saw him. I was really excited no, when me he too. when Epps, he, they signed him back on. Epps was one of my favorite characters from uh, the original three films as well. So, yeah, and I love Josh Dumal. I was a big fan of his TV show uh, Las Vegas that yep. he did um, back in the day. So I've always loved him. Just like, looks like a lad. He's essentially the, another version of Captain America who's that tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. Mate, just... if you can lock down Fergie and not be a douche, I want to be mates with you. Like... Boom. <laughs> and I'll tell you what else. He doesn't look like he's aged since the first movie either. No. He's still so goddamn handsome. Yeah. Even covered in dirt. Mark, Mark Wahlberg, he's looking like the years are starting to catch up. I mean, he's a good looking bloke, mm. but he's... It looks like... Maybe it's just the haircut that he's got in this. Too um, many kale smoothies when he's in the gym. Yeah. He works out a lot. Oh, he's, yeah. He's up at like... he. I think he said... I watched an interview with him once and he sleeps like five hours a day. Mm. And he's up at three in the morning, gym session. And, you know, he's... He's plus, working hard. Yeah. yeah well, I guess once you do a movie and... with The Rock, you know, you've you, it's, he set a standard. You yeah. know, <laughs> sleep is for the week, sort of thing. You know, but um, yeah, yeah I mean, the he's got to work ethic. He's back um, because if there's one thing they wanted to build on, it was the amazing Age of Extinction fourth entry of the franchise. My God, I mean, okay, we referenced this in the Guardians review the other day that we sat in this very room reviewing just over two years ago Transformers: Age of Extinction. We never actually published that. I think I might go back and and see if it was a good edit. I might upload that as a bit of fun for like reactionary purpose to this trailer. Because God, did we tear that movie down? Oh yeah. And like, we're not experts in this. We're just we're movie fans and stuff. That's why we do what we do. But that movie was so bad, Mm. so bad. Like just every part of it. So even the even the amazing visuals that these films and look hate everything else about them. They look so cool. You know, like again, I know there's a lot of moving parts, but that when that first helicopter transformed into a Decepticon at the start of the first film, just looks cool, right? Oh, first film to me is is the pinnacle yeah. of the Transformers franchise, <laughs> and to many people, not setting a high standard, but it was mm. a lot of fun. It was it, in a way very simple. Yeah, second it a, film. It was a story about a boy in his first car. Yes. It just happened to be an alien robot fighting in an alien war. Yeah, like it was it was fun. The the Transformers and trying to pick up the hot chick. Yeah, yeah. The Transformer, you know, you could you could quite you could easily distinguish between you know who was Ironhide, who was Ratchet, yep. all that sort of stuff. 
But as the films have progressed and they've introduced more characters, mm. characters we don't... We've seen all these characters like Skids and Mudflap and all these like we don't want <laughs> to see. Where's Cliff... Or here. Where's Cliffjumper? You know, where's um, a proper wheeljack? Where's... You know, we got this weird John Goodman hound in the last one, which yeah. he wasn't hound. Like, yeah. we want to see these characters we know and we didn't get them. So I feel like, yeah, the first film was, for me was the, the most enjoyable. I actually never grew up with Transformers. Uh, oh, I know really? there's only a couple of years between you and I. Mm. We're eight, babies of the 80s, but I never, for whatever reason, I, I, I think my first foray out of like Thomas the Tank Engine and all the stuff you, you get into when you're a, when you're a toddler was uh, Ninja Turtles. Oh, yep. I went straight into Ninja Turtles, into Power Rangers, into everything superheroes oh. and stuff, you know. Um, so I never really watched Transformers. So I don't know the characters like you do. So, yeah, but you're right. The first film, what was it, five Autobots? Yeah. You yep. knew who was who. Color-coordinated, so you yep. tell who was who. Even when there's just these meshes of metal rolling around on the screen in a battle, yep. all the Decepticons were pretty much grey. You didn't really care about those, yep. whether it was Barricade or Starscream or whoever. But the Autobots, who you care about, mm. all clearly color-coded, so you could see where they were at any given point. And a lot of fanboys, you know, they blew up because they made them, in a way, look more like an alien robotic face. You know, they gave them so many moving parts where they didn't give them a clear-cut humanoid face mm. like you have in the 80s cartoons. Well, Megatron had his bucket head in yeah. the 80s. You know. And look, that makes, for me, that makes sense. You don't just, like, that in a way seems weird that they would look so humanoid when they are from, the, when they are, how do they, organic yeah, robots, te- sort of things, whatever, or, you know. Yeah. Um, so as the films have gone on, certainly in Age of Extinction, they made their faces look a little bit more humanoid and they made, say, Optimus Prime, at least for a little while, had the more traditional-looking Optimus Prime truck um, uh, appeal. But as they've gotten closer to doing that, they've just made everything else so convoluted, like yeah. Ken Watanabe's you know, Asian uh, Transformer oh, getting drift, around in a, yeah. in a giant sort of trench coat and, and John Goodman, like he was fat and, 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 and was chewing a and cigar. And they were mean. And... Hound was this lovely old war veteran type character that you know had all this experience that you wanted to you know hear stories from, yeah. but John Goodman's Hound was a douche. Yeah, so like it's you, they had. Well, I did like, like I said before, I liked the second half of Dark of the Moon number three, because Michael Bay going into number three. In all fairness, the trailers for number three, no jokes, no witty little stupid cheesy dialogue that Michael Bay seems to like putting into these movies. It was all serious, all dark and stuff, and it looked like it was really big and epic. Great. It's not going to be like number two, which was terrible. And then you watch it, and it's like a giant epilogue to number two. It was the exact same tone, same stupid jokes. You had that tiny little thing that was humping the leg of Rosie Huntington Wortley. The yeah, first thing you saw Jack, was her walking so up a staircase on. in lacy underwear. Beautiful girl, don't get me wrong. But when they're trying to get away from what everyone laughed about the first two films, yeah. they started off and it was like that for the first hour. The second hour, the Battle of Chicago, I just I think looks awesome. It was the first time I think those movies had been in three D. And talking about Josh Dumal, that wingsuit drop from the all the soldiers. Yeah. Holy Christ, that in three D, amazing. Amazing! I brought that film on 3D specifically for that one scene. The, the building splitting in half and then sort of oh my god, the just looks so and... brilliant 3D. But that whole battle, I just thought was really really cool. Mm. Number four comes along and it's just a mess. Just... Like who would have thought after three Transformers movies, everyone goes, "Geez, where's Shia LaBeouf at?" <laughs> and why is Mark Wahlberg in this? You know, like the questions you shouldn't be asking. But it was just didn't a... have the heart, didn't have the story. Yeah. Did... Visually not great. Yeah, it contradicted itself in terms of you know in the first film everyone was upset that 
Uh, Optimus Prime wasn't the normal square-looking 80s truck. They made him one with a big, long nose. Um, Michael Bay said, oh, that's so that we can make Optimus Prime as big as possible, so we need a bigger truck to do that. Yet in the fourth film, suddenly his alt mode is one of those trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so it's like, well, you've just contradicted what you said in the first (laughs) film. It just, yeah, just lacked everything. Apparently, uh, I read an article a a while ago, um, even Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, actually at one point was refusing to say one of the lines from... Um, Age of Extinction. He goes, no, Optimus Prime would never say that. Yeah. Um, but he was forced to do it. He couldn't. They just said, no, say it. Yeah. Or you're not getting paid. So he's like, well, he had to say it. Interesting. I've never um, rewatched it, but I, I feel like I'm going to rewatch it heading into number five just because I want to see the whole story leading up to this point. I rewatched it maybe six months ago on like a dollar rental, you know, yeah. cheap Tuesday, or whatever. And it was a tough slog to get through, even yeah. in the comfort of my own couch. I don't think I'll be seeing it again before this film. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't even go to see this film if we weren't going to go to a premiere or a, yeah, or a yeah. review and or something like that. we could come back and review it. Mm. Um, uh, there's one idea, actually, I, I really want to do, like, not so much a movie review. I would love to talk about series, franchises that you have but you haven't completed because of the oh, terrible film in there, right? I own Transformers 1, 2, and 3. Now, mind you, I said number two was terrible. After watching number four, I went back and two watched is number great. two. I went back and watched it. Is, it is a masterpiece yeah. compared to number four. Dangling, ball, fight dangling balls on the pyramid Even and that, all. I'm like, that's not so bad anymore. <laughs> that's a bit of fun, John Totoro. Um, I didn't buy number four. And I no, thought if if, this, if number five never comes out and I don't have to worry about it, now it's like, you know what? If I go and see number five and I like it, I'm going to kind of want to buy number four just to have the complete mm. set, right? But I wanted... Anyway, that's another that's another issue for another podcast. But I think that could be fun because there was a lot of franchises out there. And I know at least everyone in the room, for getting into movies, will have one that we can bring to the table if and discuss. If you saw the, my DVD collection of the X-Men films, <laughs> you would... Your skin... Like, wow, would, they've only made two films? Your that's skin would... And the, the order they're in, your skin would be crawling and you would have some serious OCD issues. You All right. Would, you, I reckon you'd end up buying them just so you can put them on my shelf <laughs> so you could sleep at Night. Well, let's do it. We'll do it sometime <laughs> in the next month or so, in and around every other massive film that's coming out that we've got to cover. But uh, yeah, look, it just—I I wanted to cap off on all that, and it's—I oh know we've been talking about it for ten minutes now, but because every trailer for these films, regardless of how bad the movies turn out to be, have been awesome. Age of Extinction ends. Optimus Prime riding a Dinobot with a giant sword tearing through downtown Hong Kong or something looks awesome. Now, again, not being a Transformers kid as a child. I don't know what a Dinobot is other than mm. the fact that it's a robot f***ing dinosaur <laughs> and a giant alien robot carrying a sword riding said robot f***ing dinosaur looks awesome. And then by the time it comes in the film, it just turns to shit. So it's like it's all mm. about the trailers with this film. Yeah, great little three-second visual here, 10-second visual here. Yeah. But it's it's trying to sit through, and when like Age of Extinction was what two hours? It was a long one. It was, oh yeah, it was the longest in the franchise. I yeah, think. Yeah, it was a lot to get through. Yeah, yeah. Um, to get to those couple of interesting. Oh, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say good visuals. I'm yeah. gonna say interesting. And visuals. still made over a billion dollars, mind you. So people yeah. like went down in the US, which is where they like to make all their money, but went up internationally, obviously because of the the Chinese well, money, the, the Hong Kong money, the film you know, was in, was in yeah, Hong Kong, which yeah. is gonna drive. And they made they made a lot of money over there specifically. But mm. this trailer, even like I I watched it, I'm like, oh, it's kind of yeah, okay, cool, whatever. But then just rewatching it now before we started recording, so we could come in fresh. I'm like, oh god, this. This is really taking too long to watch. Like Michael yeah. Bay loves his slow mo. We know that. But... I feel like any of those shots could be from any of the other films. Yep. You know, um, I don't. What are they going back to? Ancient 
like medieval times, medieval sort times, of thing. Yeah, like Merlin and King Arthur and all that well, sort of stuff. What 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 can we explore there? Yeah, that's I the thing. I think because mm. it starts off with Anthony Hopkins uh, voiceover. Which how the hell did they talk, Ant- Sir Anthony Hopkins? Hannibal, goddamn Lecter! I get that it made over a billion dollars, but the last film was shit. What is he doing? Is did he want to put an extension on his house? He needed yeah. to pay uh, that's for. That's all it is. Is Just, there a pool he needed to fill? As Morgan Freeman says when they ask him the same thing when he's making Dolphin Tale Two, <laughs> and I quote. Money, 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 money. Got to pay the bills, y'all. So, yeah, it starts off with his voiceover. And I always love when someone goes, it is said. And I'm like, well, uh, this would be interesting because is it really? <laughs> and I forget. Is it said generally or just specifically for this film? Yeah, and your sort of altered history, whatever. But um, it starts off and they show, they talk about conflicts and things like mm. that. And they do show medieval times. And then they show uh, swastika. And you know World War Two footage essentially, or, or set scenes. Now they don't ever retouch on that in the trailer. Now they don't have mm. to. Obviously, that's for the film. But for anyone who doesn't know and purely bases every bit of knowledge that they that they learn off this film from this trailer, they're not to know ex- anything in those two shots mean anything because it's like oh, he's talking about um, conflicts, shows mm. something medieval, shows something World War Two. Obviously, things especially World War Two that stick out in their minds as being horrible times mm. and of great conflict and war. But yeah, if you don't know, for some somehow, some way, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, Camelot and all that, that's the medieval scenes, do feature in this film. Nazi Germany and Win they shot in Winston Churchill's house yes. this film. The former Prime Minister big, big of Mother one. England, they shot in his house. And somehow, some way, Nazi Germany, Winston Churchill and Medievals and King Arthur all have something to do with Transformers 5. Here's my concern. The premise of Transformers is they're alien robots who transform into cars to hide in modern day. How is a truck or a Camaro going to hide in medieval times? They're more than meets the eye, Maddie. A 2016 yellow Camaro in World War II. He's not blending in. (laughs) Well, unless, of course, you know, we go back to the old school uh, Bumblebee as... A Volkswagen Beetle, which yeah. then he'll fit in perfectly with the Nazis, because that was Hitler's <laughs> that was Hitler's car. <laughs> okay, we're not supposed to know everything about this movie based on the trailer, but let's speculate because it is a trailer, and that's what we're supposed to do. Where, I mean, is it going to be a bit like the prelude of Transformers Four, where you actually see? Well, you didn't really see Transformers existing in the old. It was like they were terraformed that way or something, you know. Yeah, so we've, we've never seen them on Cybertron. We kind of got introduced to them in the first one. Mm. In the second one, we find out about the Fallen and you know the the group of the Primes and and a little bit of the history there. Then in the third one, we find out Cybertronians have been attached to Earth. You know, there was a the ship was crashed on mm. on the moon. They've been involved, and then four. The cavemen people? Now, was, I think was that was so the start of number two. Oh, was you it? You saw cavemen yeah, yeah. and they, they were the ones that sort of, they, they were being terrorised by the That's right, because it was the fallen, fallen that was, yeah, yeah, that's right. But you're right, that's one thing I've found too with Transformers is that every movie somewhat contradicts the history of the mythology that you learnt in the previous film. Yeah, you got like, in number one, Megatron had come to Earth to look for the cube. Number two, we find out, and it's not so much they're correcting history, but they're adding to it. And Megatron, he was only doing that because he was working for the Fallen. Mm. And then you find out in Dark of the Moon that Sentinel Prime was on his way to Earth to go and track, and he and Megatron were working together the whole time. It's like stuff that Megatron has never spoken about in either film. 
you find it. And then number four, they sort of retcon some other stuff or whatnot. And then you get uh, a little tease of it, I guess, with Anthony Hopkins again, when you see the apparent Unicron about to engulf the moon. And he said, don't you always wonder why they keep coming here? And it's like, yeah, okay, that, that's actually a good question. It's a bit like uh, in the MCU. Why is everyone so focused on Earth? Or why are all of the Infinity Stones either on Earth or have had time on Earth in the past? So maybe they're going to, again, rewrite some of the history we've learned in the first four movies to explain why people keep coming here. Yeah, uh, but are, are we going to see the medieval times and, and World War Two? Are we seeing that in flashbacks or are we seeing that yeah. as time travel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Is it going to be Optimus Prime going back or something like mm. that? Or are we seeing yeah, former Transformers that have come here in the past to help and aid Earth and then have disappeared and you know they've been lost to legend or something like that? So it just seems like when they come off the back of number four where... Power to them to an extent where they made a shite load of money. Like I said before, made oh, over like a billion dollars. Just disgusting amounts of money. Yeah, like either they just made under Dark of the Moon or just over. It was around about the same. Like it was I, somewhere between a billion and a billion point one. Yeah, I, I read, yeah, like 1.1 1. 1 or something yeah, like that. So yeah, so shitload of money. You're not being upset about that regardless of how bad your movie is. But I think they understood critically they got hammered and even mm. commercially fans, while they went and watched it, did not think it was any good. And maybe they saw that as like the last straw. Next time, people are not going to be so forgiving. Mm. And even if this movie was to go on and make $700 million, it's doubling its budget or tripling its budget, but still taking a massive hit. The you know? interesting thing I've noticed is Transformers was created to sell toys. Mm. It's owned by Hasbro. This The last film, didn't the toy sales were terrible. This film... It's all the same characters. They're mm. bringing back Hound and Drift, um, and and Sling and all this. Well, I think all they're introducing is I think Hot Shot or mm. Hot Rod, sorry, um, and maybe one other character whose name I'm forgetting. And they're bringing back Barricade from yeah. from the first film. How are you going to sell toys off that? Yeah, like and the the Transformers themselves just aren't as cool. Or maybe I'm just speaking as an '80s kid with nostalgia goggles, but I just feel like the toys aren't as cool. Like mm. the transformations and the overall look. I just it's everything lost yeah. the charm. It's so it's so much more complicated now than what even from the first film. Like again, not being a Transformers baby from the eighties or anything like that, I skipped it. So I, I do have the original series at home in a in a beautiful box set that I actually went and bought after seeing Dark of the Moon because I enjoyed that movie so much <laughs> with the Battle of Chicago that I went to Kmart the next day and brought like you know, a fifty dollar box set or something. Never been opened because that's what oh, I do. I've got, I buy and stock box set. I've got the remastered eighty four <laughs> movie. I've got a shelf in my geek room. That's all, uh, and anyone who knows Transformers pretty well know there's there's the Masterpiece toy series coming out. I've got a shelf of Masterpiece original 80s, just sort of redone toys. There's got to be $1,000 worth of toys on that shelf. Yeah, well. Like, I love my Transformers. Yeah. And I just feel like, compare it to, say, for example, the Harry Potter series. Now, that was that was seven movies, and there's talk of Transformers, there being a Transformers 6 and 7, mm-hmm. and a Bumblebee solo film, and that That's sort of stuff. They're all dated, yeah. Yeah. Um, you look at, Harry Potter, and it's like individual stories, but also an overbuilding arc. Mm. You look at these four, now five films of Transformers, it's like, what is the story they're trying to tell? What is the, the overall arc they're trying yeah. to tell? And then what is the individual stories between each each film? It just doesn't it doesn't resonate. Mm. It just, it just, it's, it's a money grab. It's all it feels like to me is, is a money grab. It definitely has a more individual story per film than it does an overarching thing, I think. And maybe that goes back to what I was saying before is that they kind of have to either rewrite or add on 
unnecessarily to the mythology that they told in the story before to give it an ongoing presence. It's like, mm. why do I care if, you know, the Fallen's around? Oh, well, he was one that sent Megatron in the first movie. So without the Fallen, that first movie doesn't happen sort of thing. Because he, you know, and, and things like that, you know, going on. Mm. But, you know, as I was saying before, to their credit, Paramount, they made a billion dollars fresh off making a billion dollars of number three, but they've taken the hit critically and from fans uh, and they've put together a writer's room. They said, look, we need to really work our shit out. And they got great writers. I can't I can't remember them all, but they definitely got, um, is it Stephen DeKnight? Um, who, yeah. you know, did Spartacus, did um, Daredevil. He's now directing um, uh, Pacific Rim 2, hardly enough. <laughs> he was in the writer's room. Got all these, got like really weird choices when you consider that they're writing this giant blockbuster robotic alien film. Great writers, a lot of them from TV as well, to actually sit down in a room and come up with great ideas to not only further the franchise, but to expand it to spin-offs and, and mm. prequels and whoever well, knows what else. Well, they did that in Extinction that, that Lockdown, the mercenary character, was and his ship was mm. going to have a bigger role. Yeah. So that may be expanded in this film. I haven't seen Lockdown's voice actor or, or anything credited in any of the you know Wikipedias yep. or IMDb's or anything like that at this stage. Yeah. Um, but having said that, they haven't actually... Um, credited who Sir Anthony Hopkins is going to be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So whether uh, I think Wikipedia at the, at the moment says something about he's going to be some scientist looking into the history of Transformers. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him as, as a voice of Unicron. That would yeah. be kind of cool, given that Orson Welles played Unicron in the original 84 film. Yeah. Um, we do see him in the trailer, though. We do actually see Hopkins oh, do we? himself. Yeah, I very, very briefly. Oh. Uh, you actually see more of his hand sort of brushing over this giant symbol or logo of like a company or something oh, um I but totally yeah missed that. it was like his back it was definitely anthony hopkins which surprised me too because i thought this is surely the only way they sign him onto the film it's like you can be a voice you don't mm. have to put your face to it same if you don't want to leonard nimoy for um, yeah, exactly three. right you know so um yeah they you know they they do all this to build and further the franchise and you're like oh well they're actually taking a turn uh and they're gonna not f- okay fix it for lack of a better word but you know I guess fix it without rebooting it and telling and going from the start. It's just like you know what we can consider this a soft reboot. Yeah. Pretend like the other ones never happened, but yeah, it's you also don't have to go full Spider Man and no. reboot it again. Like yeah. it's just just tell a good story and then it'll pick up and and yeah. people will get reengaged in it. Yeah. And the next minute they sign on Michael Bay and you're like, well, hang on, he's done four. After number mm. two, I remember a story him coming out going, I'm done with big blockbuster movies. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what else do you do, man? Yeah, and he said this is going to be his last Transformers film. Well, yeah. oh, he's been, I think again, that'll, he's that'll, been saying that for a while. That'll depend on how it performs. Yeah. If it's another bomb, then he'll he'll go. Yeah, but gotcha. They'll just keep backing up and trucks of you know money what? to his house. Yeah, and what, that's what I love about him too. He, he gets all this crap. You know, for It's like George Lucas. It's like every Star Wars fan out there kneels down and prays to George Lucas for giving his Star Wars, but they crucify him for the prequels and for tinkering <laughs> with the old movies. It's like this love-hate relationship. And then and- say he sold out when he sold it to Disney so they could take on episode 7, 8, 9. And give us more. F- yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. And and I feel like Michael Bay, he gets thrown all this crap and he's just turning around and goes, oh, are you going to like that? Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it twice next time. You know? mm, I'm sorry, I'm just going to go and cry into my big, giant piles of money. Again, money, 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 money. Yeah. You know, good on it. He's like he's he's clearly he's keeping the same crew on each film. He gets to work with the same people. He's working with 
great actors. Last time, supporting characters, he had Stanley Tucci and Kelsey Grammer come on board. Why? Who knows, considering the characters and roles they played mm. in an awful film. They didn't look at the script. They just thought, oh, well, clearly not. Anthony Hopkins doesn't need the credibility that this film might give him, doesn't need the recognition. You know, he's already in blockbusters playing Odin. You know, mm. he doesn't need to be in, in more blockbuster films to be seen by a mass audience or anything like that. Um, but I don't know. They've, they've, this is Transformers 5. We've now seen the trailer. Like you said, it could be a trailer cut up from any footage from the other three, four films. Pretty much. Except for maybe four or five in there or something, but a lot of explosions and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's coming out in June. The following June, 2018, is the Bumblebee spin-off. That's actually happening. And the following June again, Transformers 6. They've Paramount came, Once they dated Transformers 5, they dated three films in a row. Now, obviously, Michael Bay can't do all three films. Uh, oh, he's doing one. He can't do Bumblebee straight after because yeah. they, they, they've got to be going into production soon on that. And then midway through production, post-production on that, he's got to start work on the other one. So even Michael Bay churning out all these movies as much as he has, this will be, when this movie comes out, his fifth Transformers movie in 10 years. Jeez. Not a bad average when you consider that he's also made Pain and Gain in that time. And he's also made 13 Hours in that time. And be numerous producing credits on other on other stuff. Oh god, well. yeah! Like yeah. he's a very like he's, you know, power to him. Very very busy guy. Obviously very good at what he does. Mm. Even if what he does is what you don't like, unfortunately. But like it was a cool trailer that didn't really do anything like. Like it, it looks kind of nice, but at the same time, I think because of what's been behind it, which is unfortunately movies that pretty much get worse every time. Um, again, aside from my absolute undying love for the second half of number three. Um, <laughs> but who am I kidding? Like you said before, you don't have an undying love to want to go to this short of getting a previous screening. And based off the last film, neither do I. But I know I'm gonna definitely going to go watch this. Oh, we're going to go know, see it. We're going to go watch it for sure. If nothing else, we love train wrecks. You know, we, yeah. we, I can sit down and have a bad movie marathon as much as I can have a good movie marathon. Yeah. Like I was up and to... I was up to two o'clock this morning watching um, The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, back to back. Oh, no, you didn't. Do, oh, see, number two, I've never went back. Oh, never really? Never went back, yeah. I had him there. I started about 9 o'clock, went through to 2 a.m. Jeez, 2014 was a bad year. When you think we had Amazing Spider-Man 2, and two months later we had Transformers Age of Extinction. Mm. Thank God we had Captain America Winter Soldier and you know, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, sure. And Days of Future Past. You know what? It was a good year. Yeah, it was a good year. It was a good year. 2016's been... Especially the back half of 2016's been pretty average. You can listen to all of our reviews on said average films uh, on the Get Into Mm, I'm just looking forward to being excited about a film again. Yes, definitely. Well, anyway, that is the Transformers... What's it called? The Last Night. I'm so confused. Can can we just call the last one? Transformers The Last One? The last question one? Mark. Question mark? That's the honest trailer. Transformers. <laughs> the last one? Um, you're welcome, screen junkies. Don't use that, obviously. It's awful. <laughs> uh, we are Get Into Geek. You can find all our stuff on getintogeek.com, our podcasts, all on the website, or, of course, on SoundCloud and iTunes. Socially, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, simply at Get Into Geek. Maddie, where can we find you on the socials? Uh, high Pitch Maddie. And that's Instagram. Instagram. And I, I still don't understand Twitter. That's so. that's fine. It's you know it's dying. It seems you know. Well, Vine's out, so 
I forgot about Vine. There you go. <laughs> I completely forgot what that was. Uh, myself, Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram. I'm still hanging on there. And, uh, of course, plenty of other stuff going on uh, on Geek. A lot of movie reviews. We've got uh, Get Into TV uh, review podcasts on uh, all things DC TV. We've got Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Walking Dead as well. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of cool interviews uh, available uh, very, very soon, Matty. Mm. Uh, Assassin's Creed comes out, I think, New Year's Day, actually. So it's technically next year, of course. But uh, I'll be speaking to the Aussie director Justin Kurzel, um about that film uh, towards the end of the year and uh, in a couple of days time we'll have an interview going up with our favourite author um, another Aussie Matthew Riley uh, his uh, new book called uh, don't put me on the spot The Four <laughs> Greatest Kingdoms no The, the Four, Four Legendary Legendary Kingdoms there we go we apologise Matt I actually did that because I thought I don't want to stuff it up <laughs> you know what it doesn't matter because you read the book you loved it we had him in we spoke him about it and that's being edited as we speak so if you're a fan of uh, Matthew Riley and his uh, well all of his books but more so his Jack West Jr. novels uh, check that out because um, he's awesome Matthew Riley. Like we had a good solid half hour with him. Talked mm. all things his books, Star plenty, Wars. Plenty like, Star Wars chat there too. See, he's... Star Wars, it just works its way into every fiber of our lives. Uh, he's such a nerd too. Lovable nerd that just really gelled. I think we had a really fun day with him. And, it's like uh, a force that binds us. <laughs> oh, here we go. Jesus. We need to wrap this up. So <laughs> all that gear, that's all coming up on uh, Get Into Geek. And uh, of course, look at next week when we start to talk about, um, what's this film? We haven't mentioned this yet. Star Wars Rogue One. We'll be discussing that in all of its spoiler glory uh, after the film comes out. I can, I can already hear Lincoln's erection. <laughs> <laughs> Get into geek.com.